This is a podcast of Hilltop United Methodist Church, an inclusive community of hospitality, healing, help, and hope, bringing hearts to Christ. Join us for weekly worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. All are welcome. For more opportunities to connect with us, please visit our website at hilltopumchurch.org or follow us on Facebook at Hilltop UMC. We look forward to engaging with you. Our scripture reading this morning is from the first chapter of Isaiah, verses 1 and verses 10 through 20, and it's found on page 630 in your pew Bible. And when I saw this scripture, John Davison's face came in front of me, because this is exactly the kind of complex scripture that he loved to teach about. This is the vision of Isaiah, son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, the kings of Judah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who asks this from your hand? Trample my courts no more. Bringing offerings is futile. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and calling of convocation, I cannot endure solemn assemblies with iniquity. Your new moons and your appointed festivals my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you, even though you make many prayers. I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rescue the oppressed. Defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Come now, let us argue it out, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our text today is complex. (laughs) And perhaps it is a difficult text to bring forth. However, I think that it is critical for our time. The Lord is always present, ever present and all knowing. And yet... The people of God who know this, then and now, get skewed in practices based on popular and public influences, as well as their own desires and justifications. 
This Isaiah text speaks loudly to the conditions that we are experiencing today in the world, just as it spoke to the ancient people. It speaks to God's expectations of God's people. This particular um, section of text comes from 1st Isaiah, during a time when the kingdom of Israel had been split because the people strayed. There was the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom kingdom of Judah. And Isaiah is speaking particularly to the people of Judah. The oracle calls out the rulers and the people of Judah, likening them to those of Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, listen, hear the word of the Lord. You rulers of Sodom, listen to the teaching of your God, you people of Gomorrah. This was a significant clarion call that demanded immediate attention from the people because they would have known as people of God the history of Sodom and Gomorrah. Here, listen, Isaiah is saying, I need your attention now. The Lord has a word for you. And then God speaks plainly to the reality of what God is witnessing in these people. The people are doing what they think will appease God rather than doing what actually pleases God. And God basically says through this text, let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. He says, what to me is the multitude of your sacrifices? I've had enough of burnt offerings. I don't delight in the blood of bulls and lambs or goats. When you come before me, who asked this from your hand? The Lord is saying, you're bringing me stuff. I didn't ask this for you. This is not what I'm looking for. Stop trampling my courts. Bringing your offerings is futile. Incense is an abomination to me. Your new moon, Sabbath, and gatherings, I cannot endure your solemn assemblies with iniquity. The Lord is saying, I can't take you coming before me to worship me, the Holy One, when there is immorality, there is unjust behavior amongst you and and rampant in the world and you're not doing anything about it. There is impropriety abounding. So apparently the people wanted to stay in God's good graces, but they were coming up with their own rules for how they would behave their own manner of observing even the religious festivals and the practices that were required by their religion. Many of them were just going through the motions. Their ways were just empty, rote, religious religious ritual, not having any meaning. And God is not looking for empty ritual. God is looking for authenticity and obedience to God's word. When we simply go through the motions, whether it is in worship or whether it is in our prayer life or elsewhere in any aspect of our lives, the actions are empty and they are not pleasing to God. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. Our practices become permanent. Practice becomes permanent. God says your new moons and your appointed festivals, enough already. I'm tired of your ways. God wants us to live in God's ways. When you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. I will not listen to your prayers because you've got blood on your hands. In other words, you are not living the life that you have been taught. I hear in this this text 
God the Father, the Holy Parent, speaking to God's children, redirecting them. God saying, let's keep it real. You've been taught my word generation to generation. I have taught you how to relate to me. I have taught you how to approach me as the Holy One. I've also taught you how to relate to one another in community, to love one another. And yet, you set all of this aside and you have your way. You go and pursue your own ways and have the audacity to bring offerings to me that you think will cover what you have done and what you have left undone. You bring offerings to me that you think will cover up your indiscretions. Hidden from who do you think? Who do you think is your God? God says, I see your full truth in full color. I know that you know better. And because you know better, I expect better of you. So the Lord says, wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your doing from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. You see, the people of God, these children of God, were being religious without being righteous. The ancient people were not attending to the vulnerable populations that were in their midst. Perhaps their lives were not directly impacted by what was going on by others who might have been suffering in their communities. Or perhaps they just thought, well, that's not my problem. That's not in my circle of concern. Perhaps they were too busy with their own lives to even notice that there was something else that perhaps they should be doing. It was not an immediate concern for them to seek justice for anyone else, to, to rescue anyone who might have been oppressed, to defend the orphan, or to plead for the widow. Well, so what does this matter to us? This is what was, God was talking to this ancient people. Well, I think God is talking to us today in this text. Here we are today. Karl Barth once said, take your Bible and take your newspaper. Read them both, but interpret the newspaper from your Bible. In other words, as things are going on in the world, allow the biblical text, the word of God, to inform you of what the reality is that you are experiencing. Allow the Bible to open your eyes, to open your minds, to understand something, the greater picture that is at hand. Today, we are faced with a myriad of unjust conditions. I mean, there's a full list of them, and, and we could go on and on. We could talk continuously, I think probably for generations, about the injustices that are available to us in the world. But I want you to consider this one. And particularly because I, I learned this week that um, Utah is building a new state prison. And it made me think about the U.S. prison industrial complex. The U.S. has this thriving prison industrial complex that feeds on those who often have trouble feeding themselves. The economically poor, the poorly educated those who are socially or politically orphaned, people oppressed by discriminatory sentencing practices due to poverty, ethnicity, national origin. This is, the, this is what exists in our world today, right now. And consider those who are widowed or orphaned because of this same structure. In her book, The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness, 
Civil rights attorney Michelle Alexander likens the prison system to a birdcage. She says that there are many bars and wires that keep a person trapped. All of them don't have to have been created for the purpose of harming or caging the bird, but they still serve in that function. Systemic structures that have been around and, and over the course of time have built one upon another. Feed, they perpetuate these conditions that feed a ravenous system that profits on injustice. According to the Vera Institute of Justice, incarceration costs, on average, $31,000 per inmate per year. Now I said, Utah's building a state prison. They're spending $800 million for that facility. It will have 3,600 beds. That's more than $222,000 per bed to build the facility. And then the $31,000 per year to house each individual inmate that is in that facility. Know this, the existing facility in Draper had 4,000 beds. This is a smaller facility. Incarceration rates in Utah this year alone are up 20%. There's something wrong with the math there. But here's the bigger issue. Utah spends $6,000 per student on public education. $31,000 for an inmate, $6,000 for a student. That math says to me that we will continue to feed this school to prison pipeline. And when I consider the, the immigration policies that are in place today in this country, that too will feed into this prison industrial complex. I, I bring this forth to you, you know, just as an example of a single injustice, which is, or system that, that, that thrives on injustice. That's one thing. But the bigger question for us based on our scripture is, what are we missing? What is God trying to show us? What is it that we need to, to tend to? What are the vulnerable populations? Who are they that we perhaps are not seeing? And God is saying, my people, I need for you to attend to these others who are my children as well. Are we in denial of the need because it's not impacting our world immediately? Or are we in denial of our own deeds? And the Lord says, come now, let us argue it out. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. Let's talk about your reality. The Lord says, I see who you are, all that you are, red-handed as you are, but I can help with that. The Lord says there's a solution to this condition. Uh, perhaps it's a condition of blindness that we have because we may not see what, we don't know what we don't see. We don't know what we don't know. But the Lord says, I can help you with that. I'm calling you out, ready to redeem you when you are ready to come clean. God is extending God's grace to all of us for what we have done and what we have left undone. God's grace, though, is not cheap because God does seek repentance, that true turn to God, to have that direct connection so that God may reveal to us our truth as we are willing to admit our truth to God. Let's argue it out. Is that invitation to reveal your truth and to have your truth revealed to you? Let's keep it real. The Lord is clear. You are free to choose 
but you are not free from the consequences of your choices. The Lord says, if you are willing and obedient, then you shall eat the good of the land. That is, if we are willing to honor God's word and attend to the needs of our neighbors as God is calling us to, if we are willing to go beyond what is convenient, to do what is compassionate and caring and committed in God's eyes, putting our full self into that, then God promises abundant blessings. But if we refuse and rebel, there are consequences. And with that, I think God drops the mic. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. We have some questions to ponder within our hearts and with the Lord. It is individual. It is important that we take the time to go to God with full mind, full heart, our full being, our full fiber, and seek what it is that we need to argue out with the Lord. You know, too often we select activities that, that get done because we're trying to please people as opposed to pleasing God. How often is it that you ask God, what is it that you would have me do? And then wait, then listen for what the, God, for, for what the Lord says. Are you more bent on doing what has always been done or doing what God is asking for in this season? Are you seeking what is sanctioned by committee or what is sanctioned by God? Are you seeking to serve, the God, serve God or are you seeking really to serve self? Let's keep it real. Isaiah is calling us to join God's work in the world, actively seeking justice, actively rescuing the oppressed, defending the orphan, pleading the widow, whatever that looks like for this day and time. And when we do this, then our worship truly will be celebration and it will truly be pleasing to God because when we come here, we will simply be giving thanks back to the one who makes it all possible, who enables us to do all that we do. Let's keep it real. Amen. This has been a podcast of Hilltop United Methodist Church, an inclusive community of hospitality, healing, help, and hope, bringing hearts to Christ. Join us for worship service on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. All are welcome. For more opportunities to connect with us, please visit our website at hilltopumchurch.org or follow us on Facebook at Hilltop UMC. We look forward to connecting with you.